It's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. Sorry, guys. We got some unruly campers here. Welcome once again to another mm, mini suit <laughs> of Halloween is Forever. My name's Brian. I'm Meg. <laughs> I'm Steve. That was really, really anticlimactic. I was like, <laughs> I was, I, I was listen, a little bit worried. I play I it. <laughs> I play it fast and loose. It's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Make it up as I go. Um, so welcome once again. Like I said, we got another mini-sode here for you today. Um, this, believe it or not, is our second try <laughs> at recording this <laughs> mini-sode. We, uh, we are here on a lovely... Uh, Sunday afternoon, the birds are chirping. It's a, it's a, it's a mild seventy-two degrees. I can feel the the spooky season approaching us and some fall weather. I was out up bright and early this morning, and uh, it was like fifty-five degrees. I was wearing a sweatshirt. Oh, it was giving me all the, give me all them spooky autumn feels, autumnal. I would go as far as to say feels. Um, but uh, we tried to record on Friday night, Friday the thirteenth. Uh, at my house, um, we were going to have a little gathering. So Friday, Friday the 13th was, was my birthday. Uh, and we were having a little, little gathering, a little spooky, uh, movie night outdoors. The weather wasn't cooperating. So we we're going to move it indoors. Uh, we started recording cause we were going to record right before, right? So <laughs> Megan, yeah. Steve are at the house. We're drinking <laughs> beers. We're hanging out. And then the weather got real nasty and the power went out, but then it came right back on. So we're like, Oh, okay. You know, crisis averted let's uh let's let's pick up where we left off and then just the sky opened up and just fucking hell rained down on us and it was legit not even exaggerating the strongest storm i've ever seen in person in my life it was wild um it kind of just felt so like appropriate but also unfortunate (laughs) you know it was wild like Uh, we, I just felt like, you know, lights are out, candles are getting lit, and mm. we need to start telling scary stories to mm. one another. Yeah. It was like 70 miles an hour wind. Like, it was, it was beating against the house. Uh, obviously, the power went out and was out for like 15 hours um, until the, the, the mid, mid part of the next day. But we went outside after just kind of surveying the damage out of my porch. We were like running out there like because there were just trees down everywhere all over the road there were people like stranded on the road we were like pulling branches off the road to like people to pass and we're like wait no there are three trees up ahead of that so let's not even fucking worry (laughs) about it um and then there was a giant like 35 40 foot pine tree just laying on the power lines in front of my house and we're like yeah i don't think we're gonna record anything today um so we uh we we, we gave up uh and and started over and we couldn't have either anyway because like i said the power was off for like 15 hours but um luckily um a bunch of my lovely friends still braved the weather, even though we told them we don't have power. You're welcome to come over, but don't feel like you have to. A bunch of them came over, and we ended up drinking a bunch of beers and and talking and eating charcuterie and all manner of things until the wee hours of the morning in, in our sweaty, humid, dark house. But it was it was it ended up being a lot of fun. My I really wife, want to know how the cake turned out. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I was very drunk by the time I was eating it, but it was fantastic. <laughs> my wife, I have to post a picture of it. I'm sure she took a picture. It might have been by candlelight, but she made me this really rad like layered pistachio cake 
that had like dr- you know blood dripping down all over it mm. and like a knife stuck in the top of it. It was super sick. Uh, I, was, I was curious whether or not that was like red velvet cake or you said pistachio pistachio that yeah it was too. red it was red velvet with white but, but it had like a pistachio kind of flavoring to That's it probably it was, the most old man cake i've ever heard about i i am the i all only the most geriatric of flavors <laughs> appeal to me it's pistachio it's uh it's don't villa. let her bad don't let her yeah. bad talk i'm into it too <laughs> i love pistachio <laughs> otherwise also, i eat like german chocolate cake with coconut like that's mm. yeah i just i'll just sit here and suck on my villaments I'm, I'm just imagining like at the end of the night you're like i'm done and i'm wasted but i'm like bummed about this and you're just like sitting there eating the cake in the dark oh yeah <laughs> no we we actually had a really good time we ended up staying That's up awesome. late and everyone hung out and like i said we were it was very sweaty uh and and uh and very dark but we we ended up having a blast so needless to say round two here we hear we got beers. Actually, speaking of beers, uh, what, what are you guys drinking? I just I'm about to crack this bad boy here. What do you guys got? No, Meg. Meg is nursing a hangover. <laughs> I'm out of here right now. I She's drinking, drinking liquid the IV. Most delicious watermelon liquid IV right now. <laughs> oh, talk, talk to us about Hydrate. the esters. Talk us about oh, the, some God, of the nuances. You know, you take like you know that fake sweet flavor. That's just like coating my mouth you know I that assume you cocked it still though right <laughs> yes. yeah. the um watermelon though uh was just picked today and you know put directly into the drink. and then synthesized down into an extract in a matter of moments <laughs> how easy is it to transition from liquid iv watermelon to truly watermelon <laughs> i imagine I honestly i, I imagine alarmingly them. easy super i if i had like a watermelon white claw right now, I would probably be mixing them. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys know me. Go for effects sometimes. A little bit of medicine, a little bit of the hair of the dog to bitch you, you know? Yeah. A little bit of medicine, a little bit of medicine. I mean, what else? You know? What do you got, Steve? You got anything in front of you? Yes. I have a beer from Inner Groove. It's called their Thousand Pieces New England IPA. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a, just a nice, soft New England IPA. Brewed with cashmere, citra, racal, and sequoia hops. Ooh, juicy Sunday. Juicy Sunday at Steve's house. Very juicy. Juicy lunch. I am doing the thing that I have been doing for several weeks now and will continue to do for several more weeks, which is just drinking pretty much exclusively Oktoberfest. I have a masthead. Uh, uh, Oktoberfest masthead from from downtown Cleveland, Ohio. It's pretty pretty uh, pretty cool spot actually. They have a lot of great beers. They also have killer pizza. Um, mm. They have like all like Sicilian style pizza and stuff. But uh, seeing a lot more of their stuff in cans in my general proximity. So uh, grab me a little old fest, and I'm I'm digging it. I have not burned out, and uh, I imagine I've got a solid, what's today, this is, yeah, at least a solid five more weeks of drinking almost exclusively Oktoberfest uh, before I switch to pumpkin beers for a brief time, and then... Uh, <laughs> right yeah, I like, I like Masthead, uh, though. They have a good single-origin coffee stout that I like. Yeah, I've had the coffee Seems stout. I had the, they had a, a, what do they call it, like a spring fest or something? It was basically like a, kind of like a fest beer as opposed mm-hmm. to like the Meritzen style that mm-hmm. they brewed like earlier in the summer. It might have just been called Summerfest. No, they probably weren't allowed to call it Summerfest because of uh, Sierra Nevada. But in mm-hmm. any case, it was uh, it was pretty good. And I, I, I like a lot of the stuff. There. I don't think I've had anything from them that I that disagreed with me too much. So mm-hmm. yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, so uh, once again, we were going to record on Friday the 13th. 
we attempted to record on Friday the 13th and then and then all hell broke loose. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Meg's fault. I don't I, I don't know 100%. I cannot confirm you know what? this. It's your birthday present that I will take blame for all of this. I can't this. confirm this, but I'll explain why I mean that in a second cuz we so we want to do something Friday the 13th themed, right? Um, but for, so for those of you who are new to the show, might be tuning in for the first time, we're, we're like every week we're gaining a lot of new listeners, which is super rad, but I feel like I keep explaining myself every time, which is probably not a bad thing. But, um, so we do one showdown episode a month, which is like our bigger kind of longer format episode where we pick a topic, a subgenre, whatever. We pick three of them from a big kind of pool of topics that we've come up with, or many of them have been suggested by our social media friends and listeners. We pull three of them. We put them on social media. Folks will uh, will vote, right, of the three, which one they want. We do that once a month, and the kind of inter- intermediate episodes, what, we were, what we're calling mini-sos, which are <laughs> rarely that many in nature, <laughs> um, we will do a whole host of whatever other topics, little like one-off type of thing, that sort of stuff. So we wanted to do something Friday the 13th theme, but we just did our, our Halloween sitcom episode for August. And for September, we, we know what our topic's going to be, which we'll announce here in a sec. But we didn't want to do a Friday the 13th full show for a mini-so because we want to save that for a showdown, right? It's one of the biggest franchises in horror. So Steve had a great idea, which was let's talk about fan films because the Friday 13th franchise is dripping with fan films. There's like fucking 40 of them. I, I swear <laughs> I didn't realize I knew there was one. I know there's, you know, all the major fan franchises have fan films. I did not realize how how many there are and frankly, how long I watched three of them in the last few days. One of them was 30 minutes. The other two were 60 minutes. And I think there's like full 120, 130 minute feature length Friday the 13th fan films out there, which is wild to me. But so we're going to talk about fan films. We're specifically going to talk about one that just came out. Steve, did you say it came out yesterday or in the last couple of it days here? So if yeah. you're listening on August the 16th, where it literally came out Friday the 13th. Oh, like yeah. They, well, they released sense. it. Yeah, they released it Friday the 13th. And that's kind of why we have like this. It's kind of a boon that your power got knocked out because now we can mm-hmm. talk about this film in a very yeah. timely manner. Because originally mm-hmm. we were going to talk about uh, Never Hike Alone in the Snow. Um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on it. But now we're going to talk yeah, yeah. about Jason Rising, which came out on yeah. Friday the 13th. And this is what I meant when I said this was Meg's fault because we ta- we knew we were going to talk about Friday the 13th and we came over and recording and we were going to talk about the Never Hike in the Snow. And Meg was like, um, I did not watch that movie. <laughs> okay, you I don't know how bastard. I walked away from our entire week of texting yeah. being like, I have no idea what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. So but. we're like, all right, we'll, 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 we'll just make fun of you the whole time. We'll just pull, we'll just drag you through the conversation. And then, and then the, the, and then hell broke loose. So she didn't even have to, she got, she got, it's like, it's like getting a thing, snow guys. day when you didn't do your homework. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what happened. But here's the thing is that mid I was watching the movies. I was preparing for this. Get recording, ready for an explanation, then, listeners. Get ready. <laughs> and then I get a text saying, hey, we're actually going to watch a different movie now. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But no, I'm really, I'm really excited because it ended up, it ended up you being good. The, it was a good the funny thing is All three of those movies. So I watched the Never, Never Hike Alone. <laughs> Never Hike in the Snow, and then Jason Rising, yep. all three of them combined were shorter than Army of the Dead. So I'm <laughs> all right with that. 
And we were gonna. We talked a while about this. is This is months ago. We like around our first episode. We were like, should we do an episode on Army of the Dead? Everyone's kind of talking about it. And then we all started watching it. We're like, fuck this noise. We are not doing an episode on this piece of shit. <laughs> it it um, would have been a super negative episode, like well, right out the box. And that's I was not gonna say it would have been like our first minisode, and us just going, fuck, we hate this movie. And we're like, oh, let's stay positive. But, yeah. but in any we case, can say we can say the three that we did watch didn't give this that feeling because I think you mm-hmm. know generally I liked all three of those short yeah, films. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed yeah. with that, especially as a, as fan film. So we should probably mention, for those of you who don't know what a fan film is, um, and it's pretty self-explanatory, it's a, it's a film, uh, 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 you know, an unsanctioned, you know, not not part of the, of the, the you know, canon, obviously, or, or the franchise proper. You know, it's usually made completely independent of anybody who owns any of the copyrights or anything to the individual properties. But certainly the really popular horror properties and franchises out there usually have fan films. And they're, again, they're, they're made by fans, typically speaking, amateurs, but with the advent of like YouTube and people literally premiering movies on YouTube now, um, <laughs> this one that we're going to talk about specifically had quite a few like accomplished actors in it, um, and and obviously much much more professional than your average fan film. I think once upon a time, you know, even you know less, you know, maybe four or five years ago, maybe even less than that, maybe yeah, because what twenty seventeen is when. Uh, Never Hike Alone came out, right? Mm-hmm. So like around that time, even that was like super. Um, you know, high production value and everything for a fan film, but a lot of fan films are very, you know, amateur made, very short, sometimes just a, a faux trailer uh, for a non-existent movie, right? They can, you know, or a short film. The these ones are, you know, the, the ne- Never Hike Alone was, I think, about an hour. Then the Never Hike in the Snow was about thirty minutes, and then Jason Rising is again about an hour. So these yeah. are like these are these are pretty pretty beefy films, cheesy beefy films um, <laughs> but they um you know they, they're independent of uh of of the fra- the actual franchise proper um and the quality as you might imagine varies dramatically so these are so these films are certainly on the upper echelon of of quality when it comes to a fan film i would imagine like this is something if you paid money to see you wouldn't feel slighted in any way at all like these are really well-made mm-hmm. films so yeah and I think like what we all took away too, it's just like we didn't really realize going into it that they all had were kind of like made around the same like company. So that was really cool too. I think yeah, they, we'll they touch have on later some, they share like some DNA. Mm-hmm. Right. We were talking about what's the production company, Meg, that you were saying? Uh Womp Stomp. Films. Yeah, Womp yeah, the Womp Based Stomp Studios. You know, they definitely have like I, I think they all share some some producing credits in some way uh, mm. or some of the crew or something like that. So these movies def- uh, definitely have uh, share some DNA there. In any case, before we get moving forward, a couple of follow-ups from from the last episode. Um, we mentioned something, and I can't believe I didn't know, didn't know this. I feel like an absolute asshole. There is a sequel to um, Head of the Family. Oh, is there? Mm. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> and I didn't write it down, uh, so I only half prepared for this. But uh, there is a, uh, let me, uh, Head of the Family sequel. What's the name of oh, it? Because I'm going to get Bride it wrong. Bride of the Head of the Family. Bride of the Head of the Family. <laughs> because I remember Meg was like, oh, you know, the, you know, he was looking for a significant other and all that sort of thing. We were making, we were giving her a hard time because we were like, that's not actually in the movie. Like we were getting, we were, we were, in there. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, she must have just saw the sequel. Um, and, and like in, in a, in a, in an altered state did not, you know, was just getting drunk and recall of the, uh, of the, the plot. The, 
the other one. You know, I dream about pumpkins and head of the family now. That's all exclusively. <laughs> That's really all you need if you if you really think about it. Um, so yeah, there is, I have not seen it. It's called Bride of Head of the Family. I'm 100% going to watch it the second mm-hmm. we get off this. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was kind of screwing around on Instagram and saw that pop up and someone mentioned it and I was like, holy shit, how do I not know this? So what year was that from? There's no way it was 2020. Hmm. Is it Bride of Head of the Family? No. Bride of Head of the Family is an upcoming American comedy horror film, uh, feature film that continues the bizarre saga of Myron Stackpole and his deranged siblings. It is uh, a belated sequel to Head of the Family 1996. Wow, there's uh, there's a weird shrunken head preacher on the thing. (laughs) It looks rad. The preview just dropped uh last year and it's supposed to come out this year that's wild yeah i'm hoping it comes out this fall because then we just have epic movie now i would love to like watch this and just do a commentary episode that would be hilarious i am pretty psyched for bride of head of the family it might have just fell the wayside with a lot of 2020 slated releases yeah Um, they wanted to do the giant you know red carpet you know hollywood premiere with uh, A-list celebrities, of course, they would all come out for Bride of Head of the Family, uh, but they had to pull the plug on it because of COVID. I don't, I don't know, but I'm interested to. Hopefully, it still happens. If it hasn't already, I'm hoping it still happens because, listen, 1996 to 2021, you know what? Better late than never. Better late than never. I kind of like that it was initially slated to come out on like Valentine's Day because I'm like that would have been the most romantic. <laughs> How date much night? romantic? Two big giant head dummies <laughs> making out how fucking good would that be i just assume it's a lot of tongue yeah just like they recreate oh. they recreate the the, the slimer tongue scene oh, from so the first tongue. movie oh i love it i, love I just it. feel good to, I, I just like knowing that it's not something that came out like in the 90s that or the early 2000s that we missed it's yeah. just something that may or may not have been released at all yeah, I don't feel as stupid now because I was like, there's no way this came out and I didn't hear about it because I love this movie. So I actually feel a little bit better knowing that it may or may not have come out or is coming out. Um, but yeah, so I just... I better I mean, get I a saw trademark the... on this real fast before it comes out. <laughs> squat <laughs> squat on that IP. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Um, well, fantastic. Let's, let's talk about um, our next... Uh, so we had some topics that got thrown out there on the social medias for everyone to help us vote on and decide what our September would one for will come out in the first week of September showdown episode is. So our topics that the random topic uh, generator pulls from that that kind of working list, the ones that it came up with were Chucky slash Child's Play. So any anything in the Child's Play uh, universe, um, Giallo. And modern slashers, which we were uh, defining as 2000s to present or to the year 2000 to present um, and a pretty commanding victory. And what our September showdown episode will be is modern slashers. So pretty excited about that because I was already looking at like what we, I might pick and 20 years is a fuckload of time mm-hmm. <laughs> for a lot of movies to come out because you could go anywhere from, you know, the when did Scream 2 come out? Was that was that not that might have been 99? Might have been know. 99, might have been 2000. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you could do all those like early two thousands, uh, you know, uh, kind of teen heartthrob slashery types of movies, all the way to like some of the independent, really cool stuff that has come out on like Shutter in recent uh, recent years. So like, there's a fuckload of stuff to choose from. I got it, it you know, weaned down from. I think I had like 10 movies on the list down to like four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've made You're some doing progress. better than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'll still come up with something the day of and go, fuck, I should have thought about this on the list <laughs> and throw it on throw it on there. But uh, we will figure it out. So that's what our next uh, September um, showdown episode is going to be. They're the topic for that. And we will probably next episode, right? We'll announce our, we'll announce our picks. Yeah. Um, but we do have an extra... An extra Monday in in August. There are five Mondays in August. We'll get an extra mini-sode in between our, our September showdown episode. That just means the listener has two extra weeks to listen to or to watch the movies that we pick. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's so. a good point. So we will probably discuss it uh, next week anyway. We'll, so we'll have our picks in next episode. So. Yes. Right on. Oh, and as always, before I forget, because I have been forgetting the last couple of episodes, um, <laughs> at the top of the show, I should probably mention, um, we put this stuff out there for you guys to vote. Um, but also, please send us suggestions, and we'll keep that working kind of document of uh, of potential topics rolling along. Uh, we have a whole big giant list, but the bigger the pool, the better. Um, and you can do that by you know DMing us, sending us an email, whatever. But uh, we are at Halloween is Forever on the Instagrams, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween's Forever Podcast on Facebook, or Hallow, Halloween is Forever Pod at gmail.com if you'd like to send emails. Um, cool. Anything else before we jump into this uh, this flick? You guys, you guys see, this is a first, obviously first time for Jason Rising. Mm-hmm. Had either of you seen any of the fan, fan films before? Only, mm-hmm. I'd only seen trailers of the Never Hike series. Yeah, man. So I I knew they existed, but I didn't know, you know, how good they were, what the quality was. Yeah, I was pretty impressed overall. I was actually surprised, especially in Jason Rising. I think there was one actor who who actually recognized her from something else prior to this, which is uh, kind of surprising. So the Never Hike. So just for a little bit of like, I don't want to say backstory here, but the Never Hike in the Woods was about a uh, basically kind of a survivalist type of uh, mm-hmm. person or, or, or you know, outdoor YouTuber type of person who goes out camping, you know, and stumbles upon Camp Crystal Lake and, of course, awakens Jason uh, and then spends the whole movie putting up what I would consider a Julius level fight against yeah. Jason the entire film. Um, he doesn't. I guess he is a survivalist, so maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe that's I mean, he thing. doesn't do the whole throwdown boxing scenario like Julius does in in Part Eight. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, subsequently, he did get his head punched off, so he didn't do that great of a job. <laughs> um, but but this guy actually holds up. Like he was, uh, uh, it was it was impressive. Um, that's the one thing I noticed with these. And again, these aren't canon. I get it. But even throughout the films, the how overpowered Jason is compared to his victims varies dramatically from, from yeah. film to film. <laughs> yeah. In some movies, he might as well be fucking Godzilla. You know what I mean? He's just like unstoppable. You think he's going to shoot fucking fire out of his mouth? And then the next episode, there's like some dorky YouTuber who's like, you know, giving a run for his money. <laughs> but, and, uh, I, I, and I think that speaks to just kind of the nature of the fan film 
in especially like the first one of Never Hike Alone is they're trying to fill up, you know, a a, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you fe- and you felt it a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you felt it. Like I think they learned with Never Hike in the Snow being only a half hour mm-hmm. that they like that the original Never Hike Alone was too long. Because yeah, that's what they I were felt. definitely trying to fill it with all the little things of him doing the mm-hmm. clues and you know do, him finding things and then he's got a report to the, you know recorded on it, his YouTube video mm-hmm. and all this stuff like it definitely yeah. it dra- dragged at times. Yeah, never hike in the snow was perfectly paced. I was really yeah. impressed by that. Mm-hmm. And and spoilers abound. Obviously, we're going to talk about all these movies. Uh, we're not going to talk about the first two as in depth as we do Jason Rising, but the the never hike in the snow. It was the way they have it set up. You see the kill, like the main characters getting murdered by Jason Voorhees within the first two minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you don't know anything about him. You haven't developed any type of connection to him or anything like that. So you don't care about him at all. And -hmm. you get this super brutal kill with some really great practical effects. And then you learn why you should care about him a little bit. So you kind of get to enjoy the just Jason doing Jason shit. Um, And then you go back and you kind of get that that same level of like, you know, uh, uh, connection to the character and make you care, care about them a little bit more. But how, how did you guys feel about Jason with the bow and arrow? Yeah, I, I feel like it was a little out of character, but I. Yeah, I wanted to comment about that kill. Like, does Jason take archery lessons? Like, I mean, he was a camper. (laughs) He was a camper. I mean, he didn't like hit him in the chest like he should have. No. So, like, he wasn't super accurate. But I don't know how you guys felt about that kill and when that character got the axe to the mouth. I was just like being triggered back to uh, summers when I was a child eating all of those freeze pops like all day. (laughs) And just like, wow, I like I understand how that (laughs) feels. Yeah, it was like he got it was I mean, it was a little cartoonish. But the 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 effect was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was yeah. Jason basically like cut his head in half with a with an axe. And I was debating whether Jason meant to hit him in the leg with the arrow so that it would drop you know drop him so that mm-hmm. he could go up and finish him off with the axe. But Jason is like he he's he's just a big blunt killing machine, right? Mm-hmm. So like for him to be using a bow and like imagine Jason like having like a quill of arrows is that what they call it or like a, whatever they're called you know the little yeah. bag of arrows like just seems so at odds with him like yeah he, he barely like i mean obviously he's like a weird undead zombie but like he just you see him just in this shack with like rotted corpses and everything but then mm-hmm. you imagine you're gonna pan around and there's his coffee table with his keys his cell phone his bow and arrow his quill of arrows <laughs> like it doesn't seem like he has like a lot of storage area in that shed either i'm like him using any tool that isn't just a oh this is something I found an axe right. a machete mm-hmm. whatever s- seemed a little much for me. I get the fact that you know it's not in canon and all that, so you can push the envelope and they do it in Jason Rising for sure, but in some different ways. So. I think I think the arrow the only thing it did help was like move it along faster <sighs> because it's like how is he going to catch this dude at this time when this dude's like bolting from him? Like if they if they did a longer chase scene that movie would have been probably an extra 10 but minutes you know yes so that but that i don't abs- agree with it that but. absolutely stands to reason that that guy was running he was fast he was athletic and all that stuff 
but countless other campers have have have, have <laughs> been killed True. by a briskly walking Jason when they were in full sprint mode. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, yeah. briskly walking Jason, or he's just thrown other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a yeah, spear you definitely could have found or, a rock yeah. or something like. That. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I mean, commenting on like, him. I feel like each movie had some element of like cinematography. Then I think that this all like the movies kind of had something that st- stands out for all mm-hmm. of them. You know, mm-hmm. like the the chase scene, the initial chase scene with the survivalists, I thought was really, really cool. The way like you could feel the chaos like yeah. in the yeah. chase. Because like I even kind of incorporated like a found footage element into that one. Mm-hmm. Of, of you know you saw his vlog and you saw what his vlog saw yeah mm-hmm. and then it got tied into to never hike in the snow because it was supposed to have taken place three months before the events of never hike alone mm-hmm. and, and and it was supposed to be like after you know that that guy um uh or after oh, i don't remember his name but after that kid got killed or whatever you know that was supposed to have have happened i think they made some sort of mention of like a missing person in that area or something i don't really right. remember but mm-hmm. um it was t- it was in the same universe and it goes back to yeah the What's his name? Vincente De Santi, uh, who's made several, you know, uh, fan films. I think he's actually made a Halloween fan film too, yeah. uh, which I have mm-hmm. not watched. Uh, but I'm going to get deep into the now. I'm uh, down the rabbit hole of fan films. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I think you, they definitely showed us that there. It's like worth checking out their fan films. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, and it, like it speaks to the production value and just kind of like what they learn as they keep making these films. Mm-hmm. Cause like we were saying, you know, Hey, there's like good production value in the first one, but it, it it's a little overlong. The second one is shorter and it's a little bit better. And then I feel like Jason rising because they go back up to like the hour long version, you know, format. Mm-hmm. There's also like a lot of production value in it as well. And you mm-hmm. get like the very first thing you get is really good production value in drone shots over, yeah. over the, the lake and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's in in previous years, you would have to either hire a helicopter or sure. a giant ass jib to do yeah. <laughs> to do those kind of shots. But now that y- you can get a drone at the prosumer level, you get some mm-hmm. amazing cinematography for you know short fan produced films. I love that they used it because drone shots because like you said they they are impressive they're they they make things seem bigger than they are and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um and they are relatively cheap i mean you could hire somebody you know that comes and does you know for for a very reasonable rate i'm sure Mm -hmm. um but they actually tied it into the chase the foot chase at the beginning it wasn't just a what can we afford drones okay drone shot you know what i mean they actually tied Mm -hmm. it into to the chase which i thought was was pretty was pretty you know, kind of a next, taking it to a little bit of a next level there, which was kind of cool. But yeah, mm-hmm. the one thing I've noticed about two, two other things I've noticed about all these fan films, one, they really like to dig deep into the character universe of the entire franchise mm-hmm. and like make connections, you know what I mean? Or even in some instances, I mean, in, in Never Hike in the Snow, uh, Tom Matthews was in it, who plays Tommy Jarvis in part six. Right. Um, he, he, he was in it as Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did like, uh, what was the actor's name? Vincent, uh, Gustafaro, I think it was. He, he played deputy Rick in Jason lives in part six. And then now he's sheriff Rick. Right. So he is, he's been promoted, you know, he's now the sheriff from uh, whatever. So, um, they definitely liked it. And, and of course we'll get into Jason Byrne or Jason rising in a second. Um, uh, but yeah, they dig pretty deep into the, uh, uh, 
the the mythos and the larger cinematic universe uh, for for Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. And, and that also just adds to the production value of the you know, of the movies as well because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Even today, I wouldn't think to ask Tobin Bell to be in my Saw, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, my my Saw fan film. But like, you you think about how they which bring you back, are making right, currently. Exactly, yeah, totally <laughs> am. But you, you they bring back the older actors from the franchise mm-hmm. and give them you know one it gives them a second life in a way it gives the characters mm-hmm. a second life. But, yeah. you know, it adds production value because they got the original actor to reprise the role. And, like, mm-hmm. both Never Hike films did that. Jason Rises does it. And then there's another film being made. It may be out or may be coming out soon. It's called Roseblood, which hmm. follows up on the Friday the 13th 7 kind of arc of the ESP and everything. And they, yeah, yeah. they, bring, back, um, they bring back Terry Kaiser. Mm-hmm. to play dr cruz and they bring back uh lar park lincoln to play tina shepherd she was the she was the uh the fire starter mm-hmm. girl right? right yeah she was the did the telepathic uh what do they call it in the movie telepathy uh, yeah telepathy telekinesis telekinesis that's telekinesis <laughs> kyle <laughs> telekinesis. Um, yes <laughs> so um no that sounds pretty interesting i uh i i like part seven i know a lot of people don't like part I like seven <laughs> i like part seven um i i, I like i said there, there's not a lot of movies in this fran in this franchise that i just flat out don't give a shit about mm-hmm. um whereas i'm a much bigger halloween fan of that franchise but there are some movies i really don't give a shit about so it's like the high the highs are higher but the lows are lower mm. and i feel like in friday the 13th they're all pretty watchable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like two, I'm not a huge fan of two. I know people like it a lot. It's probably one of my least favorite ones in the franchise. I know a lot of people are having a lot of love for Jason X nowadays. Uh, I could take or leave Jason X. I mean, it's <laughs> fine. I, I just rewatched it not that long ago. I don't hate it. But the re- I mean, the rest of them are all like, I really enjoy pretty much every movie in this franchise. And I've, I've done more so over, over the years. But yeah, Jason X has like, a couple moments but overall the film doesn't i don't know it doesn't hit for me completely but yeah everyone brings up the same thing they're like jason x and you're like eh, and their first things but the the liquid nitrogen kill you know yeah. i'm like like that's cool yeah that was 10 seconds yeah. you know what i mean it was over and i have to stand here sit here for 90 minutes there's, a, there's uh, another one where he throws somebody on top of a a, a giant like drill yeah and like the body spins down the drill and that's kind of yeah. cool but like yeah overall it's like ah, <laughs> yeah i can't take it i do like where they like set the trap for him by putting him in like the uh the the, the fake, false reality yeah. that looks like you know it was very tongue-in-cheek obviously but i remember enjoying that especially the first time i watched it but i would take jason rising over uh jason x let's put it that way <laughs> for sure well yeah Shots it's shorter fired. and you get a lot more <laughs> yeah yeah the jason jason rising is just I, or, I mean jason x is obviously very much of his time and i know there's a uh, sect of the population of the fan population that that's got a lot of nostalgia for it but in any case so so let's get in jason rising so like i said this one just came out on friday 13th 2021 from what I understand, it picks up after the events of part four. Is that kind of what you got in the little preamble there? I was, yeah, I was I was kind of confused on the timeline. Yeah. Because it, it, I guess it starts either after part four or part three, because Jason at this point still seems to be human Jason. Yeah. Which is kind of like that was the convinced that. 
that was the confusing part. Yeah. Because he definitely does. He de- He's not like deteriorating face falling off spinal cord showing jason right um but they do talk about how like a child you know uh killed him or whatever the first you know what i mean they they in the little like preamble i didn't write down the quote but they talk about tommy jarvis yeah it would have it would have been Corey feldman era tommy jarvis Mm -hmm. you know what i mean in the way that they kind of talk about it's like a small kid or whatever so um yeah, a little unclear on the timeline. I think if I probably went back and we'll rewatch it and listen to what they said a little bit more to be a little bit more clear, but it does sound like it's in that like after four or five-ish type of area there. Yeah. Uh, kind of ret- retconned into that timeline. So, but were they, and I might've missed this part. It starts out, they kind of do this little like, you know, preamble type of thing. And then you go to um, some cops who are, you know, in the woods were they supposed to be digging up Jason and moving him or did they get him in a coffin and they were like burying him? They were burying I, him. They were like, yeah, yeah. So they were under the impression he was dead. Yeah. Is that what was happening? Yeah. Well, no, I feel like they knew he wasn't dead because they make a comment. You like later, like when the new, like the younger sheriff, the son. Right. So like he was like, he, we buried him, but he wasn't dead. Right. But I, I, I mean, yes, they definitely realize he's not dead because he punches out of the coffin and attacks them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they bury him alive. But prior to him coming, reanimating within the coffin, mm-hmm. did they think he was dead? Did they think yeah. they had killed him? Yeah. He, they thought or he, was he? They thought he had been killed by Tommy Jarvis. OK, so that was mm-hmm. OK. That was the thing I was confused about. I was I wasn't sure if they had killed him mm-hmm. or he was in a coffin because he was dead and they were burying him, but they didn't want. They were obviously being very hush hush about it. That's the other thing that that was the case in the other two uh, fan films. And this one, I'm always very confused by why this is a secret burden on every cop in the history of the town (laughs) why do they all desperately want to keep this secret it's not like they're Mm -hmm. responsible for him you know what i mean coming back to life or it's not like they're responsible for what he does not like it's a monster of their creation or something you know i guess it's like one of those things like i guess in the time if you're thinking about it you know small ass towns only have a few things that draw in money Mm-hmm. And only a few mm. things that draw in tourists, and obviously, you know, there is tourism within Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be the cursed town that turns into a ghost town. You don't want. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the case too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like that. That is something like the sheriff in these in these towns are like the de facto mayor and everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they are mm-hmm. the overseer of the town and in, in kind of every every capacity because yeah. in a in a real life scenario, a cop would be like, uh fuck it, there's a big giant guy. He's trying to kill people. He's I think he's a zombie. <laughs> like I, I'm just like telling you guys what's happening right now. Instead they're like, no, I'm gonna keep all this in and let this be my burden my entire life and pass it down to my son who is the next sheriff and it's now it's his family it's the family curse plus it's definitely like a conceit that's like been lifted from jaws over and over because of sure. how long the denial of the shark yeah. you know so like just it's the same thing you're just denying jason you know that mm-hmm. J- that Jason is a problem, or Jason will come back. No, 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 no. That was a one-time thing. <laughs> Couldn't happen. Couldn't, Couldn't happen, happen here. Not on my watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right. 
Um, so anyway, they, they bury Jason. He, he comes back to life in the coffin. Um, he starts what I assume just doing very aggressive Morse code from the inside of that uh, <laughs> from that coffin, um, and the cops just overreact as usual. They start they start blasting. It. No, he's I, I did kind of get a, a kick out of him just like he punches through the coffin right yeah. and grabs the guy's foot and the guy shoots him you know he's got like this Wyatt Earp giant ass pistol like fucking 44 like dirty hairy revolver blast him once and then Jason just starts throwing what I can only describe as a temper tantrum inside, yeah. <laughs> inside the coffin he's just like no 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 pounding on it two fists yeah uh, and then they and then they bury him which uh they buried I mean there was maybe six inches of soil on top of that coffin. Jason's getting his ass straight up out of there. That, that was, yeah, that was... I was pretty impressed with how shallow the grave was. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed that. I was like, that's like a foot down. Like, you yeah. don't, you don't even know you how to bury people. you have an undead super zombie, bury him more than four and a half, six inches under the ground, yeah. right? It's good, Deep, it's good practice. Deeper, yeah, deeper than your chrysanthemums, like a little bit further down. Um, OSHA, regula- this- OSHA regulation would ask you to use concrete, but... <laughs> yeah. I, had, I kept on having this thought, and it was initially happening when he first busted through the coffin, where you see it over and over again, where he can go Kool-Aid man it, and then all of a sudden he can't do anything. He I know, that's through, what I'm saying. Like, I'm always not sure how me- strong he is yeah like there are times where he does stuff they're like oh jason could like press lift a car over his head he's that strong but then Mm -hmm. the next thing he can't get through some some you know uh plywood that's uh boarded up above him so little little gets and that's across the whole franchise that's not just picking on this movie i feel like that's always the case um, but so the sheriff from the opening scene, um, I, they insinu- insinuate that he had passed, uh, and his son is now the sheriff, his son, uh, the sheriff in this movie, he could be a voice double for Nick Offerman. Did you guys, did mm-hmm. that hit you at all? I yeah, he sounded exactly like Nick Offerman a couple times so much so that I was like glancing down at my phone. And I heard him talking at like expected to look up and see Ron Swanson, um, <laughs> But he really, really had a similar voice. But um, uh, pretty early on, you know, uh, you get a big surprise in the form of a severed dick. Uh, pretty early <laughs> in the movie. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, I no mean, explanation. I'll, just close up on a severed dick. And you're like, it just seemed like a, it was a really important thing. You know, yeah. like they didn't have to get use that scene at all you didn't have to you just yeah. could have been like he died <laughs> yeah but no right. we gotta Mm-mm. show the penis severed dick bloody severed dick it. they kept doing the I, I i think i did a full cartoon double take where i was like oh what's that <laughs> look back at it i definitely it was a bl- did a rewind on the youtube like <laughs> like i was in my phone at yeah. the moment <laughs> And I thought I saw what I saw, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I hit the rewind five seconds. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a striking image. Um, and they go on to explain. So, so nothing's really happening in the town. They kind of ensue. Did you guys pick up in this? Because if, if they explained it, I missed it. The sheriff, and I, I, I don't have their names right now, but the, the, you know, he's the only sheriff in the movie. There's only eight actors in this whole movie or something like that um and the deputy were they romantically intertwined or they relate like i never really picked up on that but they have a history you can tell yeah i I think it's just it's just a uh, working history i don't think it's actually um you know a romantic one 
No, I yeah, didn't, I didn't get this. I thought in. it was romantic, but then it never really panned out to something romantic. But it did suggest that they had a history because he even explains to me is like she finally, you know, you know, she she finally joined the force or whatever, and then like she obviously kind of uh, uh, doesn't really take his authority seriously at all. She just kind of does whatever she wants. And there was a line later where they kind of suggested that there was some sort of like history between them and and. Yeah, maybe maybe there wasn't anything there, and maybe I'm creating it. I feel like they grew it, up together because the way they yeah. talked, they're like it was almost as if like you know, like when he was talking about his dad having told all these stories, like yeah. it's like oh yeah, no, he always called like told all these stories and stuff like that. So I think that was more of the oh, vibe. God, Steve put up but, the picture. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen a real life severed dick, but I'm gonna guess most of them aren't fully erect am i wrong in saying that that is an entirely engorged penis yeah they don't stay like that i mean it was a sheriff watching over a bunch of female inmates you know steve the amount of authority you said that with creeped me out i I, never stay like that i don't know why and it might be from just listening to like last podcast or something but i've heard like yeah once you chop off it doesn't do that <laughs> yeah that is clear they clearly went to like the adult bookstore they went to adamandeve.com they bought themselves a big old dildo and then they just covered in blood um but sorry meg i completely interrupted you i just I, again when you see an image like that you gotta you, you just sh- you just react. I think you're just talking about penises i, <laughs> yeah. I that, that's what i'm that's what my mind's going to so that is right we were talking about dicks um but yeah it was it's uh yeah listen we haven't had one in a while so to to get one <laughs> s- squeezed in here is uh is always a treat um but yeah, so so merch uh, idea. We're just gonna have a mug that has like a bloody <laughs> penis on it, <laughs> or what we should do: coffee mug, but the handle that you grab onto. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> is a severed dick, bloody severed dick. There you go. Oh, million man, dollar, million dollar it. merch idea. Um, in any case, uh, so we get that pretty early on. So nothing's really happening in the town, uh, and then all of a sudden you get. Uh, a hey, uh, you know, some some someone's requesting our assistance at you know whatever this location is. They get there, there is there are U.S. marshals there, and apparently there was, and and we got a little glimpse of there is kind of a, a work a convict work crew, um, from a from a female prison, um, and th- was it three or four of them? Three, right? Three of them have escaped. I I was waiting for them to bring it up, but they didn't. I have you have to insinuate because they didn't just kill the guard. Right. They cut his dick off. Right. So mm-hmm. there had to be some reason why they went real brutal on the guy mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I don't think it was like a we want to escape, so we're going to take the time to cut this guy's dick off. Mm-hmm. I would assume there was some real bad blood for some very serious reason, uh, mm-hmm. which they didn't go on to explain. But uh, these three. Uh, inmates, they have escaped, um, and they are, you know, escaping into the woods kind of thing. And these U.S. Marshals who seem, first of all, if there's a three-person, you know, escaped group of convicts, um, gotta assume the search party is gonna be more than two local cops and two U.S. (laughs) Marshals, like... I've seen some stuff on the news. They comb the land with like hundreds of officers and stuff. This was pretty low key. And so 
they said they're U.S. Marshals, and then I was reading on IM, not IMDb, but but some, somewhere online, and they mm-hmm. were talking about how they were trackers slash mercenaries. I and see I, on their um, on the Womp Stomp website they call them bounty hunters. That's what I'm saying. I so. don't think they were actually U.S. Marshals. I think it was it was some there was something else. But why would bounty hunters be bounty hunters? Go and find people who are like, oh, listen, I've watched Dog the Bounty Hunter, guys. I've watched every episode and memorized from front <laughs> to back. Um, he's like picking up people who hop bail, you know yeah. what I mean? Who skip mm-hmm. bail or skip court appearances, mm-hmm. not escape convicts who cut someone's dick off and I kill them. I feel like maybe the intention was like the bounty hunter thing, but it, they like maybe realized it didn't make sense, you know? Because I feel like it makes more sense to call U.S. Marshal, yeah, maybe. Because the thing is, like, they're, they're wearing U.S. Marshal shirts. And they're wearing they U.S. Marshal badges. So yeah. Bounty Hunter doesn't make sense at all. Like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but why were there only... Also, if, if, like I said, if a cop was killed and there are three escaped murderous, dangerous convicts in a town, uh, it's not just going to be two people and two cops, you know, two marshals and two cops. Like, there's going to be, like, bring in the cavalry kind of thing, I would mm-hmm. imagine, and, and snag these people up as quick as possible. Yeah. Anyway, again, we're suspending our disbelief it's, it's here. A, yeah, it's a, it's a suspension of disbelief because, like... Yeah, maybe that initial group of the two of the two marshals and the two sheriffs go into mm-hmm. the woods initially, but yeah. like by nightfall, you're right. The cavalry should have been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they only had like two ATVs. Like they would have like choppers with spotlights and mm-hmm. you know freaking uh, uh, you know thermal imaging you know helicopters and stuff like that. It's like very. Uh, uh, very very low key, but again, it's a fan film. It's a small film. You got to you got to keep it right. intimate. Uh, so I, I get it. But um, I did like the angle of Jason um, stalking the escaped prisoners who who obviously just are you know took the place of uh, of counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a cool angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The the whole plot device and premise of like using the prisoners because they would obviously run directionless into the woods yeah Mm -hmm. and then you you know that draws the cops in as well Mm -hmm. like they have to go in and get them so yeah it's a good plot device to get everybody to camp crystal lake the -hmm. one thing i thought they didn't need to add that they did was that the one kind of mastermind of the three women the, the, the three prisoners part of her plan was to go into the restricted area of Camp Crystal Lake because no one would follow them there because it's cursed. Yeah. I was like, if this was like, if this happened in the 17th century, maybe that would be a good, you know, that would be a valid reason. But she's like, listen, we just murdered a cop and we're hiding in the woods and they're hunting us, but they're going to come right to the edge of Camp Crystal Lake and they're going to be like, nope, we ain't going in there. We're mm-hmm. going to let them f- run free forever because we're worried about a curse. Seems seems kind of unlikely, but mm-hmm. um, also the reason that I was almost expecting, you know, um, the that, that they found out that they weren't real U.S. Marshals or something like that, I almost wonder if that was part of it and then it got pulled back, I don't know, um, is the U.S. Marshals... Uh, were absolute dipshits. You know what I mean? Like they were supposed to be these like trained trackers and they set up the idea of like the one guy's like checking that one little branch was mm-hmm. broken and now he knows exactly where they are and he's checking footprints and all that stuff. 
but he's also just like walking around singing in the woods and <laughs> and just stomping around like just uh, all over the place. He's like by no means is he you know light of foot right. by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I felt like the other guy that was with Bear. So Bear is the tracker. The he was the one actively tracking. But then I'm seeing character's name is Jed. I felt like throughout the whole yeah, thing he's he was a just Jed. a bitch. That makes he sense. He was just a, a Jed. bitch. You he's, know, a dumb, like, he's dumb as a box of rocks. Uh, he's a Jed. Scared all the time. He's just yeah. like you know. See, it, it yeah. wouldn't be surprising if he was like a local cop who graduated, like, was one of the few people who graduated to the federal level in the area. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was a J- Jed's good, good, uh, good old boy, local boy, done good. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was. They reminded me of, and now I'm, I can't. I never remember if it's four or five. I think it's five. Halloween part five with the two like bumbling like keystone oh, cops yeah, they literally play yeah they literally play like silly foley music behind them when they come up on the screen yeah. like i was waiting for that to happen with these two fucking chuckleheads but which is funny like i had just recently rewatched all those halloween films the reason why they're cops is because in four all the cops get killed right so they have yeah, to draw right. from it's the funny. idiots in town yeah. to, to be cops in five uh, yeah that's why I, I was pretty sure i could always forget but yeah it's definitely five yeah. um but uh I, that's another one that like once upon a time i fucking hated five uh but i kind of like it now it's kind of stupid but i don't know it's, so, it's still all right that, that background music still fucking sucks and doesn't it's work so such a weird decision such a weird decision um but this is a quote i wrote down what maybe my favorite quote from from the movie um is where the the head kind of brains of the operation of the three uh convicts that have escaped she goes she starts telling them kind of an abbreviated version of the the jason and pamela Voorhees legend Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she's like some ugly ass kid named jason drown here (laughs) how do you know he's ugly how do you know he's ugly or are you just being mean uh i don't know i just got some ugly ass kid i thought that was funny mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i mean apparently the the u.s marshals are afraid of curses and you know what they should be uh obviously but the other thing besides the pulling in the 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 uh, peripheral characters from from the franchise that's something that the fan films really like to do the other thing is boy do they overuse the the ch- 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 ah, ah, mm. or the or the Mama, whatever you want to call it. I swear every time you, you hear somebody talk about, because everyone always says, but then they go, no, it's actually mama because it's right. kill mom, you know, from mother mm. to kill. But then I've heard other people say, no, that's bullshit. That's not what it is. And I swear it changes movie to movie. Anyway, these fan films, usually it's a big like stinger. It's a thing like leading up to a big stinger. It's something that happens a couple times in the whole mm-hmm. movie. The fan films, they lay it on fucking heavy. Every five seconds, you're hearing that sound. Uh, mm-hmm. They really over they overuse that move a little bit, uh, it, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Um, but the other th- the thing I was going to say I like the most about this one was Pamela Voorhees because they all mm-hmm. bring back Pamela Voorhees. All you know, they do her voice and you know, my boy and blah blah blah, and you know, mm-hmm. and there's always the the crusty old head that's in his you know cabin somewhere and all that. But they actually brought Pamela Voorhees back as a headless headless zombie who mm-hmm. literally kills people. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. very on board for that. Yeah. I thought it was fucking a bold decision. And 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 I mean, you look at the dummy, you know, the headless dummy. It looks like something that's not 
terrifically far off from something you'd buy at like a hot, you know, high end item at Spirit Halloween I or something like that. I would have been surprised if you told me they just bought the one that was used in Evil Dead too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really does look like that, but it was like I just I don't know. I was on board yeah. for it. I thought they pulled it off mm-hmm. okay. There was, was one too. scene that was a little corny where the headless uh, Pamela Voorhees pops up, which I'm just going to start calling her Pam. Can we just call her Pam? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just going to call her mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> old, old Pam, old headless Pam. She pops up on the other side of some bushes and the guy unloads the clip into her, right. you know, mm-hmm. and, and you find out that she's like, you know, she's basically like the red herring. So he would shoot, you know, all his ammunition. So then turns around, Jason kills him. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just, the image I rewound once of her popping up behind the bushes with no head was a little <laughs> silly. Yeah. Like if you'd have took the scary music out, it would have been really funny. Um, but I overall, liked, I was on board for it. Yeah, I liked I liked it a lot because I felt like it kept the movie going like quicker, especially with the kills. Like they didn't. I feel like they were able to knock them out really fast because, like, when she started coming out more and like helping him and telling him to kill everyone, do you know? Yeah, I know a lot of people, especially big big films of this franchise, love to compare what Jason looks like from movie to movie. And of course the masks and, you know, you know, whoever plays Jason, it changes a little bit. This one, the other thing from the, the kind of, uh, timeline thing that this was a bit confusing for me is this was very, seemed to me very intentionally, uh, Friday 13th part three, Jason. That's what, yeah, that's why I was confused on timeline as well. Cause that's what he looks because like. Because he's got the shirt, mm-hmm. you know, he had like the same shirt from three, I, sw- I think. Um, and then he's got that strong pleat in the slacks, like a, a questionably <laughs> strong pleat or in, in, in the slacks. He just, he just really, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Friday three, Jason. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then they say it happened later or whatever, but in any case. And plus this, this is occurring like present day, present day. So it seems like they completely retconned out everything after, uh, four four or five yeah. yeah right um so um so you don't know that tommy Jar- like not tommy jarvis uh yeah tommy jarvis um you don't know what happened they didn't get too much into that certainly not as much as like in never hike in the snow where like tommy jarvis literally comes back and he's like the, the ambulance driver or whatever mm-hmm. um but in any case they 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 bring back some 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 fun characters obviously at the end here which we'll talk about in a sec but he i really like that he <laughs> jason so the lead convict woman, he hits her with his OG setup finisher, which is jumping out of the lake from the canoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he jumps up behind her because she ends up in the canoe. He jumps up out of the canoe and, and snatches her up. That's like that's like Jason's version of the people's elbow. <laughs> like it's, it's the setup for the rock bottom. Like I'm going to snatch you up jump up behind you in the lake, grab you out of a canoe, but then the machete is is the rock bottom. But I, I love that he did. He pulled out his classic move set did, uh, for that one. Did, right before that happened, did anybody else laugh out loud when she's trying to escape in the canoe and it just <laughs> doinks into that small island? <laughs> yeah. she's just trying to... That whole scene was really clumsy, frankly. It, it just, it just, I get he's like a lumbering kind of guy, but it was just, yeah, it was a very weird, was, clumsy interaction. So, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought it was funny and perfect, though, because it, it's just, she doesn't know how to operate a canoe. Like, she's never done it before. She just <laughs> jumped and decided that's the way she's going to get away and just went, eh, eh, doink. Uh. For knowing so much about the, the, the legend of Jason Voorhees, and doesn't she even say that he he came back after Pamela Voorhees was killed? Like, when he's telling the mm-hmm. story, I don't know if she mentions a canoe, but I'm like, 
you are apparently a local historian right. about the Voorhees family murders in Camp Crystal Lake. You should know not to get in a canoe. Yeah. It's not worked in the yeah. past. <laughs> Avoid canoes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she got it. She she got the setup and the finisher. But I, overall, you know, I, I they weren't all perfect. But like, again, for a fan film, for a low budget, I would love to know what they spent on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I thought the, the effects were great. And they were in all mm-hmm. three of them. Especially, I thought that uh, Never Hike in the Snow had had maybe the best effects. The le- not as not as uh, uh, they didn't go for the gusto quite as much as they did with this right. one. So, mm-hmm. so they so they opened themselves up for some vulnerabilities because they were just a little bit more um, uh, a little bit more aggressive with the amount of gore scenes and stuff in this one. But overall, I thought the effects were impressive. Yeah. in all three of them. I mean, probably yep. my favorite effect wasn't even a kill effect. Uh, but to use what Meg has already said, when he Kool-Aid mans his way through the cabin, <laughs> that was fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a drink of beer as soon as she said Kind of inhaled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> aspirated. Or what do they call it when you inhale <laughs> into your lungs? I don't know. Aspirate. Yeah, <laughs> aspirated a little bit of beer there. Yeah, he Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid mans. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of my more favorite parts about the film overall is just the guy who's playing Jason is obviously super into it and he's really, Mm -hmm. really physical and like brutal about it. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he does a really, really great job. And like I thought that the the ones in the other two movies did as well, Mm -hmm. especially the Never Walk in the Snow, like really so you know so what we're learning here, and I I I, hopefully I never run into Kane Hodder at a convention. He just beats me to death <laughs> but it turns out uh not that hard to play jason Voorhees, i think <laughs> i think that's what it comes down to uh, it's yeah. not that hard well, you're saying that but i don't have yeah. fond memories of that 2009 remake <laughs> that so yeah that one was absolute hor- well but he was very brutal in that one because you could clearly tell they were trying to do a what rob zombie did to michael myers they were trying to mm-hmm. do with that but so he was really brutal and violent and stuff but like um yeah, overall, uh, who is the guy? I really, my favorite Jason is uh, is from from six CJ. What's his name? CJ something. It was first mm. name CJ. CJ Graham. CJ Graham. That's right. Um, anyway, I, he's. I thought he was fantastic, but uh, yeah, the ones in these movies, I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, performances are hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are really great. The deputy in. Jason Rising, I thought she was great. She yeah. was my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. The sheriff was okay, and uh, and the cops, the U.S. Marshals, were not great in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frankly, I thought the performances overall were a little better in in uh, in the previous movie. Although the guy who played the sheriff, um, you know, who had been the deputy in Six and was now the sheriff in Never Hike in the Snow, he, I struggled with him a little bit. But he's also like a pretty accomplished actor. He'd been in a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. so. I don't know, but he, he he wasn't my favorite performance. But I mean, to be fair, there's probably like a lot of shitty performances if you really go back to the original films. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, they're, think of Jason X performances again and you'll just go, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those are horrific. Yeah. Um, listen, but we're talking about a franchise that has Corey Feldman, Crispin Glover. Kevin Bacon. Uh, all, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> all the greats. Um, so, I mean, that's the Mount Rushmore of acting right there, I'm pretty sure. And dancing, really, and dancing. if you think about it. A lot of dancing Flash in there. dance, flash dance, Crispin Glover's dance in that movie. Charlie's Angels uh, 2. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm trying to think of a Corey Feldman dance. USA Today. 
<laughs> I was thinking USA Today. Or I was USA thinking morning. of uh, Good Morning USA. I was <laughs> whatever. It felt it felt like uh, Corey Feldman should have danced at some point in the Burbs, but I don't think he did. No. It was just it was just him and his buddies hanging out on the porch, listening to some some jams, but I don't think they ever danced. Um, shout out anybody out there if you can tell us a scene where Corey Feldman dances <laughs> please DM at Halloween is forever on Instagram and if you can tell us uh, a scene where Corey Feldman dances not like Michael Jackson <laughs> even better if, if if you can give me a scene where Corey Feldman dances, I will mail you stickers. <laughs> so <laughs> shoot me a note. Um, it's that important, Jimmy. Um, These stickers are now currency. I like it. <laughs> they are. They are. I'll send you. I will send you not only four stickers. I will all send you two point five million Tubi bucks, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is enough for one free download. One, one screening of Bride of Head of the Family. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's going to debut on Tubi. Yeah. It'll be the I first movie ever to debut awesome. on Tubi. Yeah, I'll tell you what, in the heat of the battle here, the amount of just kind of joshing around these cops are doing is a little disconcerting. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> a lot of murders happening. Uh, things are not looking good, and, and they are doing a lot of joking around, um, which I get it. You always got to add some levity to these movies, but um, inconsistent tone amongst the cops is something that I made mention of, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like with Bear's death as well, I kind of wanted to see more of a fight there. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I was like expecting that there was going to be some more punching, but it was just like, well, ran out of bullets. Now you're dead. No, no, I didn't expect more. That that, that felt yeah. almost like a repeat of the Julius fight from eight. Like he yeah, decides I, to go I mean, toe it really to toe. felt like it was a reference because he even says something like, Come on, come on, you know, hit me, motherfucker, or something like that, which I think was a direct quote yeah. from Eight. Yeah. Because doesn't Julius say that and then get his head punched off? Yeah, something like, show I me haven't what you got, J- or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't take Jason Takes Manhattan, but I remember there was a line where it was like, come on, motherfucker, or something, because I remember them. I, I remember the uh, the scene. I don't remember the exact quote, but it definitely felt like it was a bit of an homage to that mm-hmm. to that scene. Um, yeah, just the baddest, the baddest fucking guy in the world. Yeah. I was just listening to, uh, they just said, uh, obviously a lot of people are doing episodes about Friday the 13th stuff. And I was listening to the Haunted Hangover guys yesterday and they did like a whole section and just like, uh, just in remembrance of Julius uh, <laughs> and then his, his decision to go toe to toe with Jason. Um, uh, yeah, the the spine rip scene, I was like, okay, you're, you're losing me a little bit because there was some like kill scenes where I was like, oh, that was pretty good. And then, yeah, the spine rip scene where, again, it looks like they pull up a uh, uh, a slightly elevated uh, spirit Halloween prop that's, that's exactly just been what I thought dunked too. in mm-hmm. corn syrup, yeah. you know? Um, mm-hmm. That was a little, it looked like a, it looked like a prop. Yeah. Yeah, in, in that scene. And it was so unnecessary. Didn't, didn't have to do it. I get it, whatever. Uh, you're, you're trying to go big. Um, no, won't, won't, uh, won't uh, blame you on that, but uh, I did like you know they were trying to do a lot of like a rich. Now I, I vaguely remember Jason doing this in a previous movie, but I could not remember where he rips the other you know Marshall U.S. Marshall's arm off and beats him with his own arm. Mm-hmm. Does that happen in another movie? Is that happen like, like a hatchet movie or something? I mean, it's something that's definitely happened in another movie. 
Like yeah, I've seen I, it I, before. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was kind of like, I, I want to say it was maybe in one of the Hatchet movies, but I've Possible. definitely seen it before. Uh, I don't know if it was in a Friday the 13th, but I feel like that was an homage there. If it was in a if it was in a Friday, I would guess that it was either... Oh, you know what it was in? And I'll tell you what it is. Hmm. It was Freddy versus Jason. Jason rips oh. off Freddy's arm and beats him with it. Yep, I think that's probably what I was thinking of. That's probably what I was thinking of because I've seen that movie uh, a number of times. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I know I'd seen it before. Um, so uh, Jason also using a chainsaw slightly uh, take, took me out of it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, the The idea of Jason like putting the choke on <laughs> and then starting it and then pulling the cord a couple times, then putting it into run, then starting it, maybe even pumping the little primer thing a couple times. Uh, just feels a little bit of a something Jason wouldn't take any uh, wouldn't take the time to do. But I was uh, surprised to see he was a steel guy. I, I, I always thought J- Jason would be a Husqvarna kind of bro. But in any case, I got chainsaws on the brain. I just spent all day yesterday cutting down fucking fallen trees in my yard. Uh, so I got that got the the chainsaws and my poor chainsaw it's just destroyed it's it's used it's used to cutting through you know you know, soft flesh and now all the and now all of a sudden it has to go through actual wood and it was just it was just it was pissed off um so overall i thought in this one like it started out really strong it did fizzle out a little bit and i think it ended fairly strong do you guys agree or what was your thought on it? Because I, I really like the, the the headless the headless pam i was a, i was a fan i was a sucker for headless pam yeah Mm-hmm. And then some of the kills and stuff got a little, got a little, little crazy. Um, I loved, but then it got me back with uh, headless zombie Pam with the chainsaw, yeah. where she mm-hmm. busts in, where they go to the other cops, you know, and they're they're set up in like a barn. I don't know what the well, hell no, is happening. That's the in original. There. That's the original cleanup place where the cop got his. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they found the body in the severed yeah, dick, because they're that. having an argument yeah. about who has to pick up the dick. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, and there's the two dickhead cops just hanging in there arguing. Yeah. And then zombie- everyone's always like looking at Playboy. I feel like there's just perpetual Playboys everywhere. Um, I haven't I, saw I, a Playboy in real life in 20 yeah, years. Right? Like, where are people buying Playboy? Does it even still exist as a magazine? I feel like it does. I think in other We're countries. We're just going to start seeing them at antique shops yeah. and stuff like that. That'd I get this. Really I get hilarious. this sick bootleg Afghani playboys or something. <laughs> I was I was thinking more like New Zealand, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Afghani. Australia. Came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. I think they all um, do print media still. <laughs> I feel like Australians. If we've got any Australian listener, I know we have some Australian listeners. Give us a shout out. Do you guys still look at paper nudie magazines? Because that is absolutely fucking charming. And I would be happy to hear more about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Pull it out on my smoke go. <laughs> <laughs> Any of those Australian listeners that we just mentioned are now gone. They mad. They are never, never coming back. They mad. <laughs> they mad. Um, yeah, zombie, zombie Pam with the chainsaw was fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden, kind of out of left field, and I dug this, uh, Alice right mm-hmm. comes back alice from part one and then and 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 she she was she was dispatched in part two in pretty handy fashion if i recall mm-hmm. um but she is the final girl of of the first friday the 13th movie the one who hacks off pamela Voorhees' head um she is sitting at home doing art having a glass of wine from what i can understand and she has a 
police scanner, I think, is mm-hmm. the way that that, yeah. that kind of came about. And she mm-hmm. overheard. So I took this as she was kind of like the ever vigilant, you know, kind of uh, person who was waiting for Jason to come back a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. so she was kind of like a cross between like Jamie Lee Curtis's character from, you know, Laurie Strode from 2018 Halloween mm-hmm. a little bit where she's like kind of the, pre- she, she's like the hippie version of her where instead of being like a crazy prepper, she's mm-hmm. kind of like a, uh, you know, just kind of like working on the self-help and doing art therapy wine and painting, <laughs> but just waiting until she has to cut someone's head off again. Yeah. yeah. So, but then when she comes back in, she's like, I've done this before. She she yeah. went from that to the Van Helsing of Voorhees, <laughs> of the Voorhees family. Um, so I thought, anyway, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I feel like for as much as everyone kind of knows the curses and like kind of knows stories, she was like incredibly cryptic and she just wanted those one-liners. She's like, this is personal. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with yeah. the, with the now, shoulder, it's like it's kind of saucy too. You, you were know? ready like, for the, you were ready for the, uh, the <laughs> CSI Miami sunglasses to come down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>! <laughs> but I also yeah. felt like it was kind of perfect with like when she was putting the head in like some sort of chest. I imagine us doing that together, Steve. Just sounded like cats oh, fucking. God. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry, we were oh, too busy. No. You guys were you guys were in it. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we were in the we were in the pocket. We were in the, po- the pocket. pocket. We were doing our CSI Miami voice. I just thought it was great to like really showcase where she was at mentally with like the head going in the box and then her getting a voicemail, which from what you kind of assume might be her therapist Mm -hmm. and like talking about her pills. And she's like, you've been a little out of it lately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she has this head and it was kind of like a fun scene. in my opinion. I I really thought it was kind of cool. It wasn't too corny. They didn't play it up too high. She didn't come in with a fucking bandolier of shotgun shells or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and to reference their, uh, you, you just mentioned her doctor with the pills. That's actually Ginny from uh, Friday Two. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a uh, Ginny Field because they got uh, the actress name. Oh, is, what a weird little Easter egg there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. Uh, it, it's just something I noticed. Like in the credits, they gave her a special guest, mm. uh, Amy Steele, as um, yeah, Amy Steele as Ginny Field. And so if you yeah. go and look it up, she's uh, from Friday too. There's got to be a thousand little Easter eggs like that, that, that I didn't pick up mm-hmm. on just because, I mean, especially, I mean, what better place to do it than a fan film? Right. You know what right. I mean? That's like where people are really going to appreciate it. I'm sure there's a lot more of those. I was questioning her line where she's like, payback's a bitch or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's exactly what she says. Something and I was like, like why is cutting Pam's head off for the second time payback? If she would have cut your head off, that would have been payback. But why is it payback for her to cut her head off for the second time? I am not Mm. entirely sure, but uh, the line line didn't make a ton of sense. There might be something I'm missing there, though. But I mean, we um, could probably make up something like, yeah, she because like this is still going on. She's like, you know, I mean, yeah, they definitely don't explain. I think that enough. Yeah, she could have had a more punny weird final line you know what i mean than that but twice is nice (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why my immediate thought was it just makes zero sense was candy is dandy but liquor is quicker i don't know why i just thought of that willy wonka line Um, she's just some drunk wine aunt waiting to kill the Voorheeses again (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I just immediately thought of Willy Wonka quips for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but overall, what, what did you guys think? I Like I said, I, I liked it at the beginning. I thought it started strong, dragged, finished pretty strong. Overall, super enjoyable and frankly, impressive as a, as a fan film. Although I would argue that this is not in the same level as, you know, 90% of the other fan films out there. This is pretty high production value. Obviously, there were some, some dollars pumped mm-hmm. into it with some like mm-hmm. legit actors and things like that yeah i i I would say you know yeah it's definitely within the top echelon of fan films i saw some other ones of halloween ones that are pretty Mm -hmm. good but um yeah at this point with the way you can get so uh good with the prosumer level of camera and editing and you Mm -hmm. know anybody can edit at home and you can do basic lighting and effects are pretty easy to come by, especially even CGI effects. All that's pretty mm-hmm. solid. So where a lot of these fan films fall apart for me is in the script. It, mm-hmm. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the writing just doesn't feel as tight or as complete as it could be. Um, sure. we, we talked, we talked uh, over text, but we didn't mention it on the show. When the characters first go into the woods, the, the two cops and the two marshals, the you would think the local cops would be really hesitant about going in there yeah. and the marshals wouldn't know anything about it but it's something that yeah. just kind of doesn't come across as well and then again we already mentioned how the one inmate seems to know everything but also mm-hmm. like you know gets chopped up pretty easy <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. the deputy the, the deputy didn't know anything about it and I get it, the sheriff kept doing the like Wait, don't do that. And she'd be like, what? He'd be like, never mind. mind. You know what I mean? He kept doing the the, the never minds and she got mad at him or whatever. So I get Mm -hmm. it that he was kind of like hiding it. But yeah, how would she not know if she grew up in this town and they have a history? Why would he not be more fearful in the beginning to even cross the Mm -hmm. barrier? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, some things just fall apart in the script and yeah, that's okay. But that's, yeah, that's kind of, I feel like also when it falls apart in the script of a fan film, um, a lot of like bigger budget films have the excuse of saying that the the studio was meddling or whatever. That right, they, mm-hmm. this is just obviously it's all on you, all on your shoulders. Yeah. So you also what you don't have studios meddling, but you also don't have you know Hollywood script doctor yeah. type of people who can come mm-hmm. in here and close holes and 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 clean up your script in in a way to make it a, present a little bit more you know uh, uh seamlessly mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah. just just yeah. another part think, pair of eyes is helps a lot mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I, th- I don't think i have much else to add besides that like what just kept sticking out to me was certain like shot choices specifically you know outside of just like knowing that there's better equipment but like i didn't mention it earlier when it happened but when jason first came out of the like coffin officially like had his like hand punched through and there's like worms kind of hanging mm-hmm. on his hand mm-hmm. i like it's just like little stuff like that that i'm like that's kind of like this almost feels like this like older throwback of having that detail that mm-hmm. doesn't totally mean anything but also kind of just adds this like other creep value yeah. to it but i really like that shot too and I don't they know, did the one with like his that. eye too with like the mask where mm-hmm. like his oh, eye moving moon, around yeah. and there was like little uh uh like meal mealworms or something mm-hmm. like that oh, in yeah, his yeah. eye that was kind of a cool yeah. shot but yeah, yeah, I feel like they just did cool stuff like that in this. But yeah, besides what you guys mentioned, that was pretty much the only thing to add. Yeah. 
still better than Jason X. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's still better than Jason X. That's what this episode's going to be titled. <laughs> still better than Jason X. It should have been that Jason Rising, colon, still better yeah. than Jason X. So I got one more note uh, for you, Brian, specifically. You'll enjoy mm. this. But uh, mm. you had posted on social media last week that you had started a film and you watched Return to Bloodfart Lake. I did watch Return, and, and and let me be clear, enjoyed the fuck out of Return to Blood Fart. Like. I started it as well, and I also enjoyed it. I couldn't pass it yeah. up. And then there's also a sequel. Uh, or there's Terror at Blood Fart Lake. That's the original. That's and it. Then Terror at Blood Return Fart Lake. Return yeah. is the sequel. But yeah, we both right. watched both, and we both enjoyed both. <laughs> but uh, to to that point, if you go back in the history of Chris Seaver, who's kind of the producer director mm-hmm. of those films, in the nineties yeah. he was doing Friday fan films. Oh, okay. He has so many. And and Kate and I, after we watched that, we were cracking up and of course you know we're we're imbibing a little bit uh so yes we were <laughs> the perfect amount of stone to watch terror at blood fart lake because it's just dick and fart jokes the whole thing like it's just <laughs> it, it's but it's the one guy who played what was what was the name of the character um, Hambone. he was well Hambone, but also he played uh you know the the guy who, who was at the house when they went to the you know they went to the house to stay at Hambone's house oh, okay. or whatever. And then he was the guy who was just like there and introduced himself. Yeah. And then, you know, that guy, whoever that actor was, I remember I looked his name up and I don't remember. He's been in some other things. He's just so fucking funny. Yeah. And he took some really stupid lines and made them mm-hmm. funny with his just insane facial expressions and shit. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that is an absolute, piece of that it felt so much like a movie me and my friends would have made when we were 14 right. with like my 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 friend's dad's you know over the shoulder you know camera camcorder uh we used to make shit like that all the time and on obviously a much smaller scale but um oh we're gonna have to meg hasn't watched it yet we, i will i like I, I remember seeing you post about that i'll have to watch both of them now tear up blood fart lake uh, but anyway i was kate and i were looking at his whole filmography after mm-hmm. that and there's so we were just laughing out there's loud so it's just late. the names yeah. the <laughs> names of the of all these is it chris siever you yeah, said chris Siever. Uh, is the guy yeah. Nick? Oh, he messaged me after I after I posted oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. He was like, "Oh, that's." He was like, "That's my movie." I was like, "It was f- a fucking blast." And he was like, "Kind of, you know, you could tell he's like very like I don't want to say self deprecating, but just like yeah, humble about it because yeah, I mean <laughs> they know what they're making when they make those films because right. So mm-hmm. you asked like, what was the budget on Jason Rising? I don't know, but I can tell you like the yeah. budget for terror on blood fart lake was like five thousand dollars so oh max yeah, yeah for sure I think they have it listed um, on the imdb like i was just going through it and i was like yeah okay five thousand makes sense yeah it was uh you could just say they were all so bought in and the character of the guy from new jersey yeah. did the voice like it was just the whole thing was so it's fucking funny hilarious. um but anyway so if you're looking for something to do uh don't watch this fanfic or don't watch these fan films. Don't watch any new releases. Go straight to Tubi. <laughs> Type in Terra Blood Far Lake. Get stoned. Just have a fucking night. You're going to enjoy it. I just pulled up his IMDb and I just saw like right below, like, right before Terror at Blood Fart Lake is I spit chew on your grave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of parodies. Yeah, there's a lot of parodies and shit like that. Read off a couple other ones because there were some killer ones uh, on there. Let's see. House on Bone Jack Hill. Yeah. I mean, I feel like some of these just sound like they could possibly be porno names too. Yeah, yeah. 
Filthy McNasty. Oh, there's a whole series of Filthy McNasties because there was like Filthy McNasty, Filthier McNasty, Filthiest McNasty. Like there's yes, yeah. yeah, it's Filthy McNasty and Teen Ape are his two. Quest for the egg salad. What was it? Quest for the egg salad. <laughs> yeah, these are real movies, <laughs> and they're all on Tubi. Yeah. Like ninety percent of them are on Tubi. But so. yeah, if you go all the way back to the nineties, because like they've been doing it's just him and his friends been doing films for like 20 years he has friday the mm-hmm. 13th part 9 mm-hmm. jason versus freddy in 1993 so way way, oh, wow. way before and then yeah. friday the 13th halloween night which i imagine mm-hmm. is michael myers and jason i saw i i remember seeing that one pop up on youtube or or some description of it pop up on like i think it might have actually been the friday 13th fan wiki or mm-hmm. something like that but yeah did you guys did you guys watch taint light yet no we didn't watch no. taint light <laughs> i didn't watch taint light yet although moist I, fury moist fury <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. finish the show by saying <laughs> I was I saw ta- I I'm pretty sure one night again after uh, not a number of beers or whatever, um, I feel like I remember putting on Taint Light <laughs> and falling asleep to it or 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 just giving up. You know, I was like, I don't have the attention span for this right now. But uh, yeah, you definitely have to be in the right mood. But God, it's it's fucking they're they're so funny, but. Especially if you have the sense of humor of a fourteen-year-old, yes. which I do. Um, so, anything else, guys? We're gonna we're gonna hop back next week with you to to talk about um, our picks for the September uh, episode. Uh, we'll obviously have another mini so for you, but we'll talk about the um, uh, the showdown episode and our picks for modern slashers two thousand to present. And once again. Uh, you know what if you feel so inclined we had some really nice ones i try to repost them on the instagram um we had some really nice reviews and kind things that people sent to us and nice notes and words of encouragement and all those things which are very very much welcomed and i know we've got a lot of new listeners coming on kind of episode over episode so if you feel so inclined if you if you listen to us on apple podcast or another podcast podcatcher app that allows you to review um or subscribe or like or do any of these things those mean a lot uh because uh yeah it gets more ears on on the show so we very much appreciate that also if you've got suggestions uh to add to the pool for uh upcoming showdown x episodes send those our way as well or just you know uh, follow us, comment, like, subscribe, be our pals on the social media. Once again, at Halloween is forever on Instagram, Hallow, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is forever podcast on Facebook, or Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com if you want to send an email. So cool. Anything else, guys, before we sign off? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Meg's, Meg's already doing laundry. Uh, she's she's already fucked off. She's already doing laundry. She's like, wrap yeah. it up, you bitch. I got things to I, do. I need more liquid IV. <laughs> <laughs> you look. Your eyes are. Are you gonna tell me I look awful, Brian? No, your eyes are half closed. Is what I was going to say. Yeah, nap would be cool too. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely gonna do that. As well, so, so. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, and we'll see you next episode. Bye, 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 bye.